I grew up in a Christian home, went to church on the weekends and went to school on the weekdays. I figured if all of what the museums, the textbooks, and school systems are telling me is true, that I'm nothing more than just a evolved animal and everything rose by random chance, then there's really no hope and no point of me living. So I started to seriously consider um, ending my life. As I was considering the plan of how to take my own life, there was a video that popped up on my screen that said, Science Confirms the Bible. And it was a video by Ken Ham. Hey, and welcome to Zero Compromise, helping you stand for truth in a world that falls for lies. I'm Patricia Angler, joined here at the Hebron Design Studio here at Answers in Genesis with Jessica Jaworski, a.k.a. JJ. Hello. And Rocket Rob Webb. What's up, guys? And we have a story today that fits so well with what we do as a ministry. This is why we do what we do. We're so excited to tell you what's going on today. What do we have going on, Jessica? We are talking with Isabella Aquino. She is on the learning and development team here at the ministry. She has an incredible testimony, and we're really excited to hear it. Yeah, so before we get into that incredible testimony, talk a little bit about who you are and what you do at the ministry. Yeah, so I am a resident assistant at the Creation Museum, so I work with interns, uh, seasonals um, here that come in for the summer at the Creation Museum, uh, so I get to build a community and in those interpersonal relationships. That's great, and you have a cool testimony, so take us back. How did you become a Christian? What kind of environment did you grow up in, and then what happened after that? Yeah, so I grew up in Orlando, Florida. Um, I used to I used to live five minutes from Disney World. Um, so there was palm trees and sunshine. I just still, to this day, I just miss palm trees. I don't blame you. <laughs> I'm from Arizona. I do too. I miss desert high, you know, dryness. And, we don't have those in Wisconsin yeah, it's, it's, or Kentucky. It's too but there is here. cheese. We do have cheese. <laughs> don't you know? Don't you know over there? <laughs> so it was a, a pretty typical. I grew up in a Christian home. Um, we went to church on the weekends and went to school on the weekdays. Um, pretty average um, Christian childhood. Um, but there was this great dichotomy going on. Uh, one day I was told, God loves you and has a plan for your life. Oh, and here's some Bible stories. Mm. And the next day I was told, oh, forget all of that. There's no God. Uh, the Bible's not true. Um, all those kooky religious folks that believe in God and their Bible, they're not keeping up to par with real science. The battles between all those kooky religious folks and real science. One day I was told that God created you for a purpose. And then the very next day I was told everything evolved by chance. One day I was told um, you're made in the image of God. And the very next day I was told you're made in the image of an evolved animal. This grew so much inner conflict in my life where I began to see another dichotomy going on um, where the church was about Bible stories and the school system was about real things like facts, history, and science, things that actually matter and were relevant. I used to believe that Christians made up believed in some made-up pie-in-the-sky God out there, that they had any rational, unfounded faith because their Bible was irrational and unfounded. Um, and their Bible had been disproven by science, and they were refusing to face the big elephant in the room that their God wasn't real and their Bible wasn't true. Hmm. Wow. So, I mean, just talk about, I mean, that's one of the core functions of our ministry. That's what we're out there. That's what we're, but that's our, that's our purpose is to go back to biblical authority and to really stand on God's word with zero compromise. Um, and so uh, in terms of your age goes, in terms of the timeline, what did that look like when you started realizing, um, no, I got to stand on a literal genesis. I have to stand on God's word. When did that kind of happen for you? That would be only a couple of years ago that I really start to put the pieces together. Um, but most of my childhood, I believed in all of the indoctrination that I was being taught. Yeah, so like we're talking Big Bang, evolution, millions of years, that exactly. kind of thing. 
what was the, what was the turning point for you? Like what spurred you on to stand on the authority of God's word? Cause I can certainly relate to your testimony. And I, I took an introduction to philosophy class one time and I wrote a whole 10 page paper bashing the Lord one time in that paper. And I keep it as a testament of the change in my heart now as a believer. But in that I talked about the crazy stories that Christians believed in and everything like that. So it wasn't until later on where God's word convicted me otherwise. So I'm curious what that turning point was for you as well. Yeah. Um, so it was my last, my senior year of high school. It kind of, my life took a turn for the worst. I just hit rock bottom and um, I felt very empty and hopeless. I figured if all of what the museums, the textbooks and school systems are telling me, my teachers are telling me, is true that I'm nothing more than just a evolved animal and everything rose by random chance, then um, there's really no hope and no point of me living. So I started to seriously consider um, ending my life. And it was at that moment I was sitting in my on my bed in my with my laptop on in my room. And as I was considering the plan of how to take my own life, there was a video that popped up on my screen that said, science confirms the Bible. And it was a video by Ken Ham. And I thought, who is this crazy person on the internet who thinks that science confirms the Bible? Didn't he know that science has proven the Earth's millions of years, dinosaurs, rock layers, the age of the Earth? And I decided, oh, fine, I'll listen to what this guy has to say. <laughs> and then I watched it. I still wasn't convinced, but it made me want to go on a quest of my own to search for truth. Because I figured, well, if Genesis is not actually history, if it's not authoritative to my origins, then why should I take the rest of the Bible seriously? So it, the Lord took me on a year journey through that. Wow. wow and what happened? Sorry. <laughs> that, no, I was just going to say, that's, that's so cool. That's, that's just amazing. Yes. Praise God. So what happened on that journey? What was that like for you? Did you run into other answers in Genesis resources? What did you learn? What got those wheels going? Yeah. So it was a process of listening to articles, um, reading articles and listening to videos um, by Ken Ham and other AIG speakers, um, but also going on other websites and researching what the other side had to say. For the first time, I was using critical thinking skills. What is this actually saying and confirming? So um, it was nice to kind of be pulled from that um, and learn that. And this is just a great testimony, too, because you hear all the time from Christians, they say, you know, a literal Genesis, six-day creation, those are just side issues, right? We don't need to focus on that. Let's just focus on preaching the gospel. Let's just focus on the gospel of John. But, I mean, you are a prime example of that. If you can't trust Genesis 1-1, why trust John 3.16 or John 5.24, all these other charter verses, you know, um, by by opening up that door, that cracking that door of saying, you don't need to believe everything in this Bible. Obviously, it leads to a mass exodus of the church, leads to people leaving their faith, turning away from God completely. So that's why we're, that's why we're out here. We are a biblical authority ministry. We're all about standing, helping people stand firmly on God's word, with zero compromise from the very beginning. So that's just such a great testimony. And I want to hear a little bit more about that in terms of um, what was going on in your mind when you first started re- making these uh, realizations. Were there any Bible verses you were standing on? Yeah. One of the first things that I encountered at the Answers Genesis teaching um, that I had never heard before was the definition of science and what science actually is. Because when I was in the school system, it always taught me that science is one and the same, that there's no distinguishing marks of historical science, what happened in the past versus what we actually observe in the present. And that was a huge revelation, just new thing for me. I never heard of that before. And in terms of learning what natural selection was, that was something new for me. What I had been taught was the changes within the kind are actually evolution, but it's, that's actually not true. Learning, there's just so many different things that I, I unraveled um, that I had learned that just weren't true. 
And, and also, I'm, I'm sure you probably realize it's a worldview issue, right? It's an interpretation issue that everyone has the same evidence, but it comes down to what is your starting point? You either have God's word or not God's word, right? And as Christians, we got to make sure we're standing on God's word and not to accept the humanistic religious beliefs of evolution millions of years that are out there. So um, something I say to Christians all the time is we can't take these religious beliefs and try to mix it with our Christianity. You know, that's, 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 a, that's a word called syncretism, which obviously God doesn't approve of. And also, I want to just kind of take a step back and also look big picture here in terms of, I mean, you were talking about when you were younger, you used to hear things like you're made in the image of God, but you're also descendants of fish and bacteria. So obviously, kids, they can pick up on that. They can find those inconsistencies, those um, hypocrisies that are out there. And kids are way smarter than we than we think that they are. So um, in terms of giving any kind of practical advice to any young uh, adults that are maybe listening to this uh, episode, what are some practical tips you would give them maybe in this same type of situation? Yeah, um, I would just say stand on God's word and not be intimidated when someone says, oh, this is science, because you need to pull back the layer and understand this is a man's interpretation of what happened in the past versus what God's word says. You also mentioned, too, that um, you were hearing different things in a church setting, and I think so often churches are wondering why are young people not attending churches, why are they leaving, and they don't know what to do. And so oftentimes churches become an entertainment bubble because they're trying to get crowds in. So as a young person, what would you, um, what like, can you speak a little bit to a church setting, and, and how can churches um, bring young adults in to stand on the authority of God's Word, and, and what does that look like from a biblical perspective? to be able to um, help young adults in those areas? I would say um, have conversations about origins in a biblical way. Um, I think young people are interested more in that than we realize and have those good apologetic answers. We need to have more talks, more conferences, more speaking and engagement with them on those issues because um, it definitely can lead to unbelief and doubt and just confusion. Yeah, absolutely. We even have a book about that within the ministry called Already Gone, where they did some research. Ken Ham and Britt Beamer with America's Research Group uh, surveyed all kinds of um, young people and found that um, they were asking, like, you know, why did you leave the faith? Because the stats are that six in ten church-raised young adults will end up walking away from from their faith. So I know you would probably have lumped yourself maybe in that category of leaning away a little bit. So um, if there's someone else out there, a, a young person who is maybe in that category, one of those already gone kids. So they're sitting in church on Sundays, but mentally they're already gone. They don't really believe the Bible anymore. They're taking in everything that they're hearing from the world and things that just sound so persuasive. What would you say to that young person? I would say God's word is true. Um, I didn't really, uh, it was almost like a blinder on my eyes that I couldn't actually see even when I was like almost like a different language um, whenever church members were talking about God or Jesus in the Bible. Um, So it was only when the light of Christ came through and pulled those blinders off of me. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that I actually, after a presentation one time, a young uh, boy came up to me and he told me, he, he said that he heard something from his teachers and that he didn't, he was hearing something different from what I was telling him. And I looked at him and I said, well, um, don't, don't believe what I say. Don't take my word for it. Don't take your teacher's word for it. Go to God's word. What does God's word say? So it's super important that we're directing um, young adults, especially back to the word of God and that they would go and that they would um, uh, read their Bibles and be students of their Bibles and just have a delight in 
that because you can't ride on the coattails of your parents' faith or the mm-hmm. people in your church pews who are um, telling you information, or even your pastor. You need to go to God's word. That's where you're going to find the solid answers. And so, what kind of uh, what would you tell a young adult who doesn't who doesn't want to read their Bible, who who doesn't delight in it? How how can they delight in God's word, and how can they um, be um, engaged and and want to read His word? I would say pray. Sometimes it starts with um, prayer, asking God for that desire, because we're naturally sinners, so we don't really have a desire for God. Um, so I would uh, emphasize prayer. And also, I just want to add to that um, critical thinking skills. Like when I was in the school system, um, it was always about, um, I just assumed that what the teachers were saying was, you know, that's true, it's verbatim. And it can be so easy, even as Christians, to just take what someone is saying in the, as the authority as true. Um, and it wasn't until I just stepped back and used critical thinking skills and thought for myself um, and to seek truth that I really found that out. So yeah, some, I love it. Something I always say to people, it's kind of like a muscle, right? You have to constantly exercise that muscle. And over time, it just becomes easier and easier and easier. One of the things that uh, Ray Comfort says all the time that I borrow is uh, no reading, no eating, right? So just make a habit of, how, you know, think about how many times you feed yourself with food, with, with actual food three times a day, how many times are you actually feeding yourself with spiritual food? So a good mm-hmm. habit to get into is before you eat that meal, make sure you get some spiritual meal. Make sure you open up your word. Make sure you get some, uh, not, not just read your Bible verses, but actually meditate on some of these verses. And it's going to make a huge difference in terms of your sanctification, your walk with, with Christ and everything like that. Um, and then just going back to what Patricia was saying earlier, that, that uh, book in um, Already Gone back in 2009 when they made that survey, uh, a lot of this, the survey results said that most of the students that started to have uh, doubts about the truth of God's word, you know, sometimes we're even as early as grade school. I mean, you had grade school, junior high, high school, and these Christians were not just in like some of these liberal type of more Christian churches. They were in conservative, solid churches, and they were having these doubts. Um, and so in terms of some of the things that you hear a lot, and, and I'm not saying every church does this, right, but um, there's so many churches today that just feel like they don't really need to talk about Genesis. They don't really need to talk about some of these other uh, side issues that they say. What would you say to someone who said, um, we just need to focus on the gospel. We just need to focus on Jesus. And let's uh, let's, let's kind of leave it at that. I would kindly point them to the fact that Genesis, without Genesis, you have no reason to trust in Christ. You have no reason for the gospel to begin with. especially when it comes to the sin and death issue. If you believe in millions of years, then you believe death has always existed. Um, And it really affected my thinking in terms of just making the gospel unnecessary. Um, But Genesis, without Genesis being real and authoritative, you have no reason to trust in Christ and believe in the gospel. Yeah, because if death has been around for millions of years, then what did Jesus actually die for? So it actually undermines the gospel itself. Yeah. there's, there's so many young adults out there, too, who are struggling with things that you, uh, exactly the things that you're talking about, and who have contemplated in taking their own lives as well. So what would you say to the person who may be out there who is, is facing that right now and, and doesn't see purpose for their life and wants to maybe take their life? How, how would you direct them back to the truth in that? I would say... Um Go on a quest and uh, seek for truth and go to God and his word. Um, it really started when I was feeding myself scripture and that uh, grew my faith um, and turned to those evolutionary naturalistic explanations of the world and turned to Christ and his word. 
Absolutely. Keep grounded on the truth of God's word and really soak in that. Um, And then as we're filling ourselves up with the truth, that is how we can combat lies and be more prepared to recognize lies in everything that we see. And that is where that biblical critical thinking comes in, like what you were talking about, which I so appreciated. I often encourage young people, we want to compare not only messages we hear against scripture, but messages we tell ourselves against scripture, taking uh, thoughts captive to obey Christ, Mm -hmm. because that'll save you so much trouble in the future if you can grasp it while you're young, helps you guard your mind from falling into unhealthy thinking patterns, help you guard your heart, which can just save you years of regret. So this is what we want to do. And I appreciated what you said too, um, for churches to teach these origins issues, teach apologetics, teach how to read your Bible, how to do discipleship, because from talking to students in different places, I've found that churches often give young people the opposite of what they need in the sense of the three things I found young people need were those spiritual foundations, knowing God's word, praying like what you're saying was so important, having apologetics information and biblical critical thinking skills, which you're saying was so important, and then having mentors and good Christian community around you. But so often churches, uh, like you were saying, JJ, I believe, focus on entertainment instead of discipleship. They don't focus on those origins issues, and they segregate age groups, which cuts off mentorship opportunities. So there are just so many practical things that churches can be doing um, to really be making a difference for people that um, these are these are real teenagers like this is this is a real story it's not just uh, some stat in a book that we're talking about so uh, we really appreciate you sharing your story with us today just to help the church see how real these issues are so is there anything else that you would want to say to young people or to families to leave them uh, to leave them with today yeah, um, I would just encourage them to go to God's word and feed yourself with good apologetic resources because this issue is impacting a lot of people and to find out those answers. And what are some good resources you would point people to? Do you have any in mind? I would encourage um, the AIG's um, apologetic books and resources. They teach a lot of um, good answers in regards to some of these typical questions of um, this age. That's a good sure. answer. Do you have a favorite one? <laughs> a favorite one that helped you at all, maybe, or... I would say um, there's a book talking about natural selection and different kinds, and I found that really encouraging. All right, so watch out for those answers. And our website, too, answersingenesis.org, has so many fantastic resources. I love that website as a student because when I had questions about things I was learning in secular university, I could plug them into the search box, and just even seeing that there were uh, lots of well-thought-out answers helped, even if I didn't have time to go over them in a lot of detail with my other studies. But, yeah, tons of free info online. There's entire free books you can read. We have our videos. Encourage you to subscribe subscribe to Answers TV so you can get more information on that. Uh, We are here to help help you so stay tuned subscribe to a zero compromise podcast yeah yeah, you can keep on coming back to this one there you go so we hope that encourages you today thanks so much and thanks for sharing with us and meanwhile we hope you keep standing on the truth of god's word with zero compromise see you guys later god bless